Blog Talk Radio. The truth is out there. Knowledge is power. This is the Prepper Podcast Radio Network. Hey there, this is Roxy. Hi, Roxy. And of course, Star's just going to sit there and be quiet and not announce herself. You know, this is how it goes with us. I'm trying to get us some nice music in the opening for all our listeners. Oh, I yeah, think it's start to agree you, on nothing. We just can't even agree on this stuff. So, fight me. <laughs> so, how is your That's week, all I got to say. That's all I got to say to you. How was your week? Let's let's hear about it. Well, you're about ready to hear about it now. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Yelling you know. at my goat. Yelling oh. at my goat. Oh, it was a beautiful day today. Yeah. Although yeah, I've been outside. I've been outside all day. Actually catching up on some things around here. Um, trying to keep my wits about me. Yeah. I got turkey eggs. I got turkey oh. eggs. Yeah. Oh, that sounds I'm wonderful. really happy about that. I, I worked a lot last week driving the bus. I don't like to, yeah. but I did. Yeah, which reminds me, we're going to cover get home bags today, right? Yep, we were going to talk about that and more of the differences between urban and, and homestead, which, you know, if you listen to my background, there's not much going on. It's nice and quiet. If we listen to your <laughs> background, all hell is breaking loose over there. What is going on? <laughs> It's the animals, honey. <laughs> this is the time of day where where animals got to go in, animals got to get fed, get around there. So right now I am chasing chickens. Well, that sounds fun. I can hear them. I can hear them in the background. Little clucks here and there. Little cluckers. Yeah. There they are. I heard so, them. So, you know, when we when we talked about uh, last week, we talked about um, the four pillars um, of self-reliance because, you know, we're going to the Self-Reliance Expo here in about, what, three weeks? A little more than three weeks yes. we're going to be at the Self-Reliance I'm, Expo. I am and so uh, we were going to talk about, we were going to talk about the four pillars. Um, it's listed on the website for the selfrelianceexpo.com. And... Um, Yours falls, you know, neatly and cleanly under homesteading. And um, so some of the things involved in homesteading are whatever is going on in the background there. Ducks. <laughs> One word, ducks. Hold on. I will. Okay, no, I'm skedaddling out. <laughs> It's ducks, dear. Um, well, the four I had to, uh, are uh, preparedness, um, which is, you know, being prepared. It's it's maybe putting up some food stuff. It's knowing how to start a fire. Um, 
you know, all of those things that you do to be prepared uh, in case something happens. And then we have our outdoor survival skills, which would be, I don't know, what, what would be outdoor survival skills? Star? Well, you know, um, you're looking at foraging. You're looking at yep. uh, trap trap setting, you know, wire traps yep. or, or uh, what shelter do they call building. them? Yeah, shelter building. Um, yeah, maybe, setting, uh, up, setting up a defense for your bug out location. If you're out in the woods, you know, you had to bug out for whatever reason. Um, even if you only have a campsite, you got to think about self-defense. So yeah. to me, that would be, you know, definitely Well, part. the outdoor survival might include fishing, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Food gathering. Yeah. yeah. Trapping, gathering, fishing. Things like that. Um, you know, well, looking then, for nests um, and trees for eggs and, you know, anything that, um, you know, that is going to help you survive in a length of time at, say, a camp or whatever. Well, the next one would be sustainability. And when we think about you know, sustainability, in- we think about solar panels. Um, we think about composting and gardening, yeah. and even though gardening falls under, excuse me, homesteading as well, um, you know, when we're talking about sustainability, we talk about renewability of things. Um, right, right. I mean, and that kind of crosses, that kind of crosses over into, you know, urban and homesteading. If you're in an urban environment, you know, what is your sustainability uh, areas that you want to look at? Whereas on the homestead, yeah. I look at, you know, I look at harvesting or, or creating a breeding program for my animals so that I have that sustainable food source coming in. Um, uh-huh. In an urban setting, it might be something totally different, like maybe freeze-drying. It consists of... Yeah. Well, that that also goes toward preparing, you know, because right. you're freeze drying and putting up food and being prepared um, and I for that. Um, with sustainability, we could talk about uh, composting toilets. Um, we could talk about um, solar solar energy, wind energy, yeah. um, all of those kind of things. And then the next, the fo- the final pillar is, of course, what you know something about homesteading. Yeah, homesteading, but I think they all carry and cross over into each other. One supports the other. In many ways, yes, they do. Yeah, and and I don't think, you know, you can just look at, like, one thing. Oh, I'm a homesteader, so I'm I'm all set. No, that's not absolutely true. You know, you've got to kind of look at all four pillars and see where you're at on a scale of one to ten on all four pillars. That makes sense. Does it? You see what I'm saying there, yeah, Chica? Well, <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, a little bit uh, crazy. Just my mind is all over today. I've been very, very busy today. Um, uh, no. I have a deadline. You're not just, no, you're not just crazy today. Oh, cricket. Your mind split a million different tabs every day to get you to focus is damn near impossible. So don't don't you say know, it's just which I'm today. looking out my window and there are these little buds on the trees. Um, <laughs> that's telltale that you know spring is in the air. It's right around the corner. I can't stand winter. <laughs> How about you? Oh my god! 
<laughs> now, I, mean, I yeah. have a deadline on one of my books, and, you know, I've just been just staring at the screen all day long. You know what it does to your eyeballs? It's just Draining. staring at the screen all day long, trying to pound the words into the paper because, you know, my deadline is up. Um, yeah. It's, and then, it's of draining. course, I had to drive the bus and, and all of that. And, you know, it's funny and then because I bring my computer and I set it up on the steering wheel of my bus and I start to type and then there's a bird out there or a squirrel running across in front of me. <laughs> Literally. Oh. Ooh, oh, squirrel. squirrel, there goes she. <laughs> She's chasing the freaking squirrels again. Yep, and the next thing I know, I'm scrolling through TikTok, you know. Who knows? Yeah, watching um, TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, a huge, that's a black hole. That's a time yeah, black it hole is. It'll, it will suck you in so deep. Yeah. I think yeah. we're all doomed. Well, you know, we have... We, <laughs> we we're all doing week and um it made me think when I was driving all this week it made me think about things you know when I remember I was talking about I I considered things in terms of days how many days it would take me to get home exactly. you know and as I'm sitting yep. outside of Hartford you know I'm looking at those miles as to how many miles it is to get home and cursing and you know, not wanting to be, <clears throat> because remember I said, I, you can only carry certain things in certain places. So if you're exactly. taking a bus from one place to another place, I can't necessarily, can't necessarily carry things with me that I might want. Exactly. So I did have a chance to think about it. And um, did you come up with I a did, solution? I did. I did, you, you know, and, and okay. I think it's a really good solution. Well, share it, please. I think I should quit that job. Well, that's not a solution. <laughs> I mean, it would work for me. Oh, my God, you're an idiot. No, we got to talk about bug out bags or get home bags. Oh, oh, right. Not yeah, quitting that's, right. That's, what, that's what we were doing. Yeah, that's what hey, we were doing. It oh, sounded well. like a good solution to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, it I'm, is you good. Know, I was thinking about it. And you know what I think it might be a good – you ever see those bikes? I found it, like, on Amazon. You find everything on Amazon, by the way. Oh, the, um, sometimes the fold I look up for bike. things in other places just so it's not Amazon, but sometimes all you can do is – Right. Find. Anyway, they have those bikes literally fold up. You ever seen yeah, I've, oh, I have. I have. And I've seen a lot of people that have said they carry them in their trunk, the trunks of their cars, they're in the back of their truck, you know, in case something does happen. Um, The other thing that, you know, a lot of people were talking about was those fold up little, uh, it's it's like a little carrier that you can pull behind your bicycle. Yeah. To, you know, to carry your, your get home bag in. But my question is this. Now, I think you were the one who told me, oh, gosh, years ago, a couple of years ago, about the percentage of population that would turn. Yeah. Um, what is that? I can't remember. Um, you know, it wasn't actually me that said it. I was copying James Wesley Grohl. Oh, and, okay. Um, you know, the the... The thing is, is that, and this is why Sir, Sir Alfred, has, Alfred Henry Lewis said that mankind is only nine meals away from anarchy. 
And yeah. what that means is basically three days. Because after three days, people start to realize that they're in real trouble. And I'm sorry, yeah. but, you know, if you have children and you need to have your feed your children and some lady's walking down the street with food and you don't have any food, what would you do to feed your children? Exactly. You know, and so people have to think about this. And I well, think and it was what he said that only 10% of people will remain honest. That there is, there is, I'm trying to think of these, you put me on the spot now, I can't think of it. There's like 30% of the people who, you know, this, this represents your criminal element who, you know, doesn't care. And even in good times when there is rule of law, they will misbehave. But then you have the other right. 70% of the people. Well, a full 60% of those people, when there is no rule of law, will misbehave. Exactly. Maybe only about 10% of people who will behave even if there is no rule of law. But, exactly. you know, I mean, sometimes I think we need to understand with that, that it's like if you're walking down the street with food, you know, and this guy's family hasn't eaten in three days, what would he do to feed his family? You got to wonder now, that's not necessarily rule, rule of law. I mean, it is, but that's more desperation, you know. Right, and, des- and desperate people will do desperate things. Right. And so, you know, I think that the ultimate bottom line is it's not, you know, I mean, you got to practice off sec here, you know, and not well, be walking down the street advertising you have food. And that's exactly where I was going with your bug out plan, you know, your bug out bag. And, and, you know, the I don't want to be hauling go, some big old bug out, exactly. out going down the road, <laughs> advertising, exactly. you know, good stuff. You know, here, do you, I, I might as well have a siren on my head. Exactly. Do you want to really ride a bicycle down the road with a a backpack on, um, knowing? You know, and, and, and you know, I was thinking about this though because we did talk about it. Um, you know, uh, uh, unless it is like a nuclear weapon that puts out an EMP, and it's close enough, it's that close. You know, just put your head between your legs, kiss your ass goodbye, because that's how it's going. But oh, you four. <laughs> oh, I did. I said the A word. It's all right. Um, the um, oh, I see. The I vehicles see how that will goes. most likely run, and so I think that the number one factor to consider is not doing what I did last night. I got home late last night, and I didn't want to go find a gas station, so I came home. I got like thirty miles to empty. And, oh. Uh, yeah, so I have to go out and fill my tank up. Um, I'm I'm the chick who's like, when the tank gets to half full, I'm empty. But a um, bunch of things happened. I didn't have a chance to fill it up. So, you know, here I am sitting at 30 miles to empty thinking, wow, you know, this is bad. But my whole truck is full. So, I mean, I'm okay with that. Huh, but, I'm the chick that, uh, barring, that runs down, downtown on, on, on with, the, with the warning light going on. <laughs> That sounds like you. <laughs> yeah, it's beeping at me. You're going to walk, woman. You're going to walk, woman. <laughs> you like for you. You're the one out there hiking. You're just like, yeah, I'm going to tempt fate. <laughs> How far Always. can this baby go? 
on fumes. How far, now, I how spent far a lot of years it? like that years ago. Huh? How far can I push it? Well, it was like on the motorcycle, you know. You always, I always think, oh, I'll hit that reserve tank. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> You'll be pushing it. Yeah, yeah that was I, I didn't just, have a gas gauge on my bike. I used to, I used to ride a, I rode a, I rode a Harley, um, and I didn't have a. It was older, so I didn't have like a gas gauge or a. Um, my, I had a 2007 for a while, and it had like a light that would come on and tell me when my fuel was low. But on my other one, um, I didn't have any indicators to tell me if I had fuel. So basically, you stop and you shake the bike back and forth and see if anything moves in there after you open the tank. Um, so yeah, that, you know, when you have just a little tank, <clears throat> but you know, I was thinking about like the bus and stuff and unless it's like an EMP or a nuclear bomb or something that puts out an EMP or, you know, like a coronal mass ejection, something that's going to shut down the bus that way. Um, right. I'm going to get a little ways in that vehicle unless the roads are completely blocked. And I mean, it is well, a high profile vehicle, so some small work, roads won't work. But I'm going right. to go as far as I can in that bus before I have to start walking. Right, right, absolutely. I mean, that is, you know, that is smart thinking is you stay with your vehicle, try to push it as far as you can until you can't anymore, and then you absolutely have to get out and walk. But, you know, I'm kind of like tossed up. You know, do you walk the highway? Do you walk? Do you walk the woods? Do you, I mean, I think everybody really needs to sit down and think about it and have, you know, paper maps are, are a thing of the past because we all use GPS, but, you know, having what if a the couple GPS don't work no more. Right. Having a couple paper maps or even some hiking maps, you know, where yeah. you could take some hiking trails and kind of stay gray man a little bit. I don't know. I'm I'm really tossed up about that because in my in my book, you know, Beth always took the trails um, because she wanted to stay off the roads. But you know, sometimes that might not be the smartest decision. Well, sometimes I think it's the shortest point between two, the sh- shortest route between two points is a straight line. And uh, you know, maybe going overland isn't that great an idea. But um, realizing that in an, it, I think that the number one thing that you can do is recognize when there's an issue. So many yeah. people will sit in their cars in a blizzard. Oh, they're oblivious. To death yeah, oblivious. When, they, they you know, there, there has to come a time when you realize that there's an issue. And if that means yep. getting into a car with somebody else who's stuck alongside you so that you can share body heat or – you know, um, I think that the biggest key for us is to understand what different things could happen and what is going to trigger us to leave that vehicle behind. And when we do leave that vehicle behind, what's it going have to take a plan. to get home? Yeah, have, have a, a plan, plan to get home. Um, absolutely. Have a, you know, now, a, a plan A, plan B, plan C, D, Q, R, S, U, V. You know what I mean? Right, just, exactly. Just, because every time exactly. I drive, like I was headed down to Connecticut and, you know, I was driving and um, and I'm looking around at things and I'm thinking to myself, you know, because the, the freeway was just packed with, with cars. 
And even a, a major accident, if somebody panicked, you know, and, and caused a major accident, which happens all the time, that road is done. You are, your, yep. your vehicle, the bus, whatever it is, is done where it sits. You're not backing up. You're not going forward. They plug up. If you see the, ever see the traffic coming out of New York, they plug that up so bad that I don't even know sometimes how they get out of it within, you know, a 24-hour period. But somehow they figure it out and they get out. But, you know, just, just I think it's, it's just because we talked about it, and I think it's just understanding the possibilities and recognizing, you know, and when something happens, what happened, and what steps to take. Yeah, absolutely. Awareness is going to be the key. Having a good bug out bag with, you know, designed for your body weight. I mean, I'm a small person. I can't carry a 45 pound bag on my back for, you know, any length of time. So you have to kind of weigh out your options, decide what you're putting in your bug out bag. And I would absolutely include paper maps. Yeah, I was talking to somebody yesterday, um, as a matter of fact, about the bug out bag. Now, he was he was saying, you know, he's seen a lot of memes on Facebook. You ever see that meme on Facebook where there's the guy with the bug out bag that's like five times his size? It's yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, yeah. But it's so real. You know, you know these it people is. got a 150-pound bag bug out bag and well, I'm like how the heck are you going to carry that I don't care how strong you are you aren't carrying that too far so we exactly. were talking about it today and I said you know I have a little small path that I keep in my purse and it has you know has like a glass breaker pen in there it has a knife in it even though I'm not supposed to carry it it has some first aid supplies in there it has um it has a fire starting, you know, like the magnesium fire starting things, and it also has a lighter. It has a poncho, a a um, a space blanket. It's very small. It's very compact. It's like the size of a makeup case, and it's got these loops. Right. I can hook it over my belt loop if I need to. Right. And then I carry, you know, my flashlight, and I carry my life straw. And this is my purse one. Now, say I'm a girl. I got a good. I can carry a purse. Um, but this is the stuff that I carry in my purse, lighters. Um, I always have, you know, like energy bars in there. And, and like my purse is like my little mini bug out bag with my wallet in it. And then I have a pack that stays in my car that doesn't have anything that's like perishable or going to get ruined by heat or cold. You know, it, it might have, you know, some paracord and miscellaneous other stuff in there. So the pack right. gets a little bigger in the car and then at home i have my go bag that is to bug out that i will chuck in my car and go and then right it it has smaller components that i can break down if i have to go by foot um well prime example last year i decided to take my my uh get home bag out of my trunk and i decided to see how far i could walk with it and because I wanted to test the weight. And you know me, I I hike a lot. I'm outside a lot. Mm-hmm. So I can pretty much do some mileage under my feet. I carried my bag for approximately three miles before I felt like my shoulders were ripping off and somebody was driving a knife through my spine. Yeah. And it made and me how realize. how far, you know, are you going to go? 
yeah, and it made me realize, okay, this thing needs to be trimmed down. What can I do without? What do I absolutely have to have? So like you, I started breaking, you know, breaking my get-home bag down because a lot of times, I mean, where where I live, everything is an hour. It doesn't matter where which yep. direction I go in, everything's an hour. Now, I travel a lot further than that. And if I had to carry that pack the way it was last year, I wouldn't have made it three miles before I'd have been ditching it on the side of the road. So you need to really think about what's going in your bag, what you absolutely need, and what you can scavenge along the way. Yes, yes, and I think that is is, is, uh, maybe a good knowledge of, of like, your local – um, yeah, your, your your local foraging abilities, but also well, not I, mean, that. I mean, I mean, take a look at it. Any any town you're going to walk through, okay? Any town you're going to walk through, if it, 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 they always have a dumpster. Now, do I want a dumpster dive for stuff? No, but if I'm desperate, my ass is in that dumpster, girlfriend. Rats and all, yeah. I'm in there. You know, because I'm there are going to be things that I won't have with me that I'm going to need. And people forget about garbage cans and dumpsters. This is true. Um, you know, sometimes there's there's stuff in there. I remember my daughter coming home. Her and her friends, uh, her friends used to live, she was like, and her friend used to live behind a Dunkin' Donuts. And she used to come <laughs> home with, like, all these donuts. No, I mean, like, no kidding. She's going to come home yeah, with all these donuts and stuff. And, it's you know, they would chuck out the donuts at the end of the day, and they, they piled yep. all the donuts into this one big clear bag, and the girls would climb in there and they into the dumpster, and they would pull this bag of donuts out, and they would be munching donuts. And I'm like, <laughs> where are you getting these donuts? And my daughter, you know, she's 12. She thinks it's the coolest thing ever. She's like, we were dumpster diving behind <laughs> I know we laugh I'm about so it. so grossed out. You know what's sad, I though? Know, Dunkin' I... Donuts found out that the girls were dumpster diving their donuts, and they started throwing the donuts into the – instead of just taking a, a bag and throwing all the donuts in them and putting them in the dumpster, they um, they started mixing them in with the regular trash. And, right, right. Uh, they would literally well, go know. get the bathroom trash so that they could throw the donuts in there so people wouldn't eat them. And, <laughs> you know, personally, I think that that's a terrible practice. I think that well, I know, they should bag you know, those donuts up and drop them off at the local food bank or something. They can't. They can't. I've had a couple of nieces who worked for Dunkin' Donuts, and the, the state regulations it's say they can't. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's, it's not a corporate allowed. policy, and that's why they started. That's why they started putting the donuts into ugly trash bags, you know, yeah. mixed with other trash, so the girls couldn't take the take the donuts. I wasn't sure how I felt about my daughter climbing around in a dumpster looking at donuts. Anyway, but well, hey, she's gonna be prepared hey. when you know SHTF yep. or uh, should well, be that's what I'm saying. Jump you in know, a dumpster after a donut. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, if if you're really in a dire situation, I mean, you're going to be looking for the dumpsters like behind Shaw's, behind McDonald's, behind the grocery stores where they throw out 
you know, day old bread or whatever. I mean, you got to really think around the corners. If you're traveling four or five days to get home, you're not going to be able to to carry a pack that's going to have, I mean, unless you're a big six foot guy like Hogan or whatever, you may be able to carry those big heavy heavy packs. I can't. So I'm going to be looking for points of opportunity where I can say, oh, there may be food there. You know, we only got a minute left. Oh, (laughs) wow. I know. Right. Sitting here yucking it up all this time. So our, you know, our, our point for today and what we talked about was, you know, in, in your bug out, um, when, you, when you're thinking about bugging out and, and things like that, that it's important to understand what you can and cannot carry, be it whether you can carry your weapon with you into a state that doesn't allow it or whether or not you can haul a large bag or a small bag where you use a bike. I think that the the biggest key is that we understand the possibilities and what it's going to take us to get home and be willing to think outside the box. Would you agree? Yeah. And yes, absolutely. Think around the corners, think outside the box and, you know, definitely put your pack on, put your get home bag on, walk with it. Walk and see how that feels. Yeah. See how it feels. And then look in your bag and weed it out and say, okay, what do I absolutely need to have in this bag? Five seconds. I think we made some um, I good just wanted points, to say, honey. Don't forget, don't forget that we are going to be at the Self-Reliance Expo in Denver, Colorado, April 29th and May 1st. And thanks for joining us on the show. Bye, everybody. Mwah. Bye.